What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 84 of the MTG Untapped Podcast. I am your host. I am the Micah, and joining me, making his triumphant return for like the third time in the last seven weeks, he is Costa, my friend and yours. How are you? Uh, a lot less humid than I was, that's for sure. And we are not alone. The new regular fixture on this podcast, he is our resident rapper. He is Chrissy D. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You are very welcome, sir. All right, let's get this things kicked off with the phase in. Um, we're talking about something nerdy, not magic-y. Um, so last week we talked about episode one of um, She-Hulk. Two of the three of us have already seen second episode. But first, before we get off, Kosa, give us your thoughts on episode one. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it was thought it was pretty entertaining. Joanna really liked it. Um, definitely feeling like the the guys are pigs vibe kind of thing going on, but it, you know it's it's honestly whatever because I'm not a pig. So, but uh, no, it's it's pretty good. Um, I'm kind of hoping y'all liked the second episode. Um, I, I definitely see some of like a little bit of the controversy as far as the um, uh, animation. Like it does seem. It does seem like it's going backwards just a little bit, which is kind of odd to me. Like, because uh, what was the the whole thing with the Star Wars, right? Like Luke, the original Luke that they had for um, Mandalorian, and then like some rando came in and did it. Like the fact that that yeah. can happen is a little disappointing. I'll be honest, but uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was entertaining. I'm looking forward to some more of the you know finishing out the season. Uh. Uh, there's a meme going around that was like 2009 CGI and it has like the blue people from Avatar. Um, oh, yeah. And then it has um, Davy Jones yes. from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. And then on the, on the other side, it has like the weird third eye thing from Doctor Strange. It didn't look good. Yeah. And then um, She-Hulk on it. But um, yeah. So it's like when people like watch the MCU, it's like, oh, yes, comic book also. But it's like, MC is getting very like genre now where it's like, I've basically people are saying the pitch for the show is like Ally McBeal in the MCU. It's like, it's not going to be like this big, there's probably going to be part episodes that have action. That's not supposed to be what drives the show. It's supposed to be this chick with chick lawyers with who gets Hulk stuff. That's supposed to be like a legal show. Like it's supposed to be, more going to be more focused on all the legal stuff, which they actually do really kind of go into in episode two. Uh, we'll be kind of, let's be a little bit lighty light on the spoiler here, but it's like, they really uh, drive it. Like you see in the trailer, like you see abominations in the show and the crux of the show is like, she has to represent him. And I actually thought, uh, do you remember the actor's name, Chris? I can't remember. Tim Roth. Is that it? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, but yeah, he was like really entertaining. So they, they, they introduced this. Uh, there's some of the fallout from the end of the pilot episode. He was doing glorious just, bastards, right? I haven't seen that, but probably. How have you never seen that movie? By never having watched it. Which which movie was it, Chris? Inglorious Bastards. I'm sure he was in it. I feel oh like. Oh my god, I haven't seen it either, honestly. But I, what he is, is wrong with you? Oh I know, I know. It's one of those movies I've always You're wanted to see. Minority here. No, you I, guys, you guys are watching that this week. That's your homework, are, and then you're coming back at at this phase in to talk about it. My, my boss already told me I have to watch Friday. <laughs> okay, you don't have to watch Friday. It's <laughs> that thing is. I haven't like seen Friday. Twenty years. I haven't old. seen Friday either, so <laughs> it's pretty bad. But either way, it's. It's very, I feel like I, I get like, I'm not the target for a lot of the more on the nose commentary, like Costa mentioned, but, uh, I still find the show pretty entertaining. Um, and I'm kind of, I'll, I'll, I'm just waiting for the daredevil drop. That's all I want. It's just like daredevil is so good. Just give me more. And it makes too much sense. Yeah. Chris, what'd you think about? I don't even, too. You always I don't said have it was a problem great. with it. Like, in terms of animation, I like that it was more more focused on the Lois the law stuff because my wife is like really not into any Marvel action things, so it's it it felt like I could almost watch it with her, you know, and that's that's nice. And then um, 
you know, the CGI, it's always going to be better than the video games that have come out recently where they always get rushed in development, right? Like the one with Keanu Reeves as the main guy, uh, Cyberpunk 77, or like the oh, Mass yeah. Effect reboot that got destroyed and just like blew through all of Bioware's money. Like, it, if as long as it's Andromeda. better than that, with, as long as there's not actual Google eyes like flying around in three-dimensional space, I, I'm fine with it. No, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not going to take away from my enjoyment. It is, it is just one of those things where I'm like, it, it could the fact that we know it can be done better, I think, uh, kind of hits. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, you really could put in the effort and make it look a little bit better. But, I mean, it's also splitting hairs. Because at the end of the day, yeah, it is about the show. I would and like I'm all to for think that the, 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 the amount of time and money to like improve that cgi is better spent on like the storyline and making it like more watchable you know fixing the dialogue that that was the store the star wars debacle yeah that's fair i guess for me creativity um doesn't really cost time and money as much as like the actual rendering of the 3d images so but again that's not that really big of a deal I, like I said, I'm just, I'm kind of down with like these mini directions that are, you know, I guess like starting with WandaVision, right? I was really down with mm-hmm. that whole aspect of it because, yeah, like you said, it is getting kind of played out in like a, the whole Marvel universe now and always action packed and whatnot. And so having these little things that kind of break up that monotony um, is pretty entertaining. So mm-hmm. as long as it, you know, hits, hits those mm-hmm. notes, I'm, I'm pretty down with it. Like for a little bit, I'm currently doing a, a complete rewatch of the MCU, and so I, I current last one I watched was watched Age of Ultron this weekend. I like that more than I remember liking it before. Um, but it's like I remember right now where, the, where I'm at. My number one is Winter Soldier, just because like it was just a really fun like spy movie. Like if you take it out of the MCU. My like, all right, this just like holds up as like in this genre of film, it just holds up and it's dope. And I kind of like that they're actually trying to do more stuff like that. I'm trying to find one of the texts I sent where I actually told everybody what my uh rankings were. But and I feel like this show probably has a chance to be something because just because it's so different. Um Oh yeah, uh, Civil War was the last one that I watched. It's currently ranked number two, um, and then Avengers number three so far. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm really interested to see where she all goes. I'm really interested to get Kosa's input on episode two. Uh, although some of the like, because like critics got to watch the first four episodes, and they said episodes three and four aren't as good as one and two. But that could just be subjective. I mean. It is technically art, so maybe we'll enjoy three and four more than they did. All right, anyone, anyone else got anything else you want to talk about before we move on? Yeah, Costa, what were you sorting before we got on? <laughs> I was uh, going through my cube stuff. Actually, is what I was sorting through. Oh, okay. Um, for the, I was uh, going to say it's probably not yeah. what I was sorting because um, I found that I've had a, I've had a bunch of days of work in a row and I, I found just a little bit of joy when I got a uh, delivery to my house from Amazon. I I know curses Amazon, but um, some board games. And then I was like, you know what? I want to spend some money on myself. So I actually went out and got uh, nine packs of Marvel champions. So um, I have a lot more cards from Marvel champions. I'm going to spend tonight (laughs) sorting it and organizing it and building little commander decks or, what could be possible commander decks with these cards that I'm going to, at some point I'll get you guys to play with me. It'll be fun. Mm. Uh, Real quick while we're on the topic of board games, Chris, have you heard of this board game called it's muffin time? The name sounds familiar. Is it, isn't it just one of those like kid games, like, like the burrito game or whatever? No, it's like this completely like random. It's like, I want, cause like the board game channel I watch played it. Uh, this past week and it's like everyone you like deal like I forget how many starting cards but the goal of the game is to begin your turn with 10 cards if you do you win but there's like there's like there's like three kinds of cards there's like action cards it's like that does a thing like one of it just says every boy at the table draws three cards or something like that 
so like you have those so you have those action cards and then there's like these weird counter things that says like if a specific thing happens you can counter it and there's like trap cards that have like weird like it's like throw something at another player if they catch it they discard their hand or like if they catch it you get to draw steal cards from their hand it's just like a bunch of like really random stuff like that's kind of like the marketing it's like the game of like random nonsense but it just looked like a really like fun silly uh card game to play because like all you need is like the deck of cards and you're good to go yeah if people are up for that i mean once you start getting into physical dexterity i stop caring as much it's it's like that's not like a major part of it it's just that a few of the cards from what i saw like there was like that there's also like um if you can get someone to say the word what uh trap triggers and you get to do something to their hand steal cards whatever and it's just like the game just looks really fun well i'm glad you brought up board games because i jog my memory uh while i was visiting samson in orlando uh, he's also like super big into board games and he got me into a game that uh i played one game of it and then i went online and bought it <laughs> it's called radlands chris have you heard of it before say it again rad as r-a-d lands rad lands no i haven't heard of it i've heard of it have you played it have you played it before nope. Micah? so it's uh it's a two-player game um it in a lot of ways it works kind of like magic um the three tiers so yes so it has like three tiers um you so the the basis of the board game is like it's a post-apocalyptic world uh water is your resource yes it's it's, it does feel a lot like mad max it's a water is your resource um you start unless you're the starting player each turn you refill with three water so you can think of it like hearthstone in that way where you like have the mana to start with except it gets incremental um every card uh that so every card that you have is a resource or an actual game piece and so it's like on the top left hand corner it's like you can pitch it to draw a card if it has the correct symbol or you can uh, like heal somebody or whatever game is tremendously awesome um i mean i'm I'm telling you i love this game so much so um if you haven't seen it uh or you know you should just like google it or whatever it's it it doesn't like at first i was kind of a little skeptical because i i'm a little leery with board games but uh i know when we went to dallas like getting me just on like sushi go was awesome and then so i gave this game a try um, there's also another game that we played um it was a gangster game and basically like your mob bosses i forgot the name of it but it was also really fun like your mob bosses and uh there's like different avenues of accruing money but essentially you can like get cash in hand uh own properties that pay you out at the very end of the game monopoly it's no it's it's <laughs> <laughs> definitely not monopoly it has a lot of like uh, it's definitely not for like 12 and under because it has like prostitution and in alcohol and drugs and whatnot but it's a really fun game too so um and then uh what else oh and the last part is yeah we went to um orlando studios that was awesome one day was definitely not enough i don't know if y'all have been or not but i will tell y'all right now one day is not enough so i haven't been since i was like 12 no maybe i think i went once after that so we we would go every couple years me and my family nice um I haven't been since they did all the new stuff at the parks. Like the last time I went was like prior to the Star Wars seven, eight, nine. Well, they, well, they won't have they won't have Star Wars at Disney, right? I mean, they'll have it at Disney, but at, you know, so I guess you did both Universal and Disney then. Yeah, I, I usually go to both because they're both right there. Nice. Yeah, we just we got free. Samsung is up with free passes to to Orlando, so I was like, did you do the? So you went to the Island Adventure one uh whatever the main one is so it has like hogwarts uh this the marvel the old marvel stuff um it had like transformers on it whatnot um and then it was there like a poseidon adventure area in one place i was in love with the Jurassic park area i mean like that would just like felt like in a movie it was so cool even though it was just like still like at first when i was when we were gonna go i was like "Eh, it's not gonna be that big of a deal because i'm like i'm older now and like this like still frame whatever you want to call it monuments of dinosaurs like i'm not gonna geek out at at it and then sure enough we got there i was like oh dude this is freaking awesome like i was geeking out hard it's pretty fun i do distinctly sorry 
I was just going to say, I, I went to the one in California um, mm. with my wife who'd never been to any of them. And I distinctly remember that the ones in Florida were, were way better just because there's like the, the park in California is much smaller. Yeah. And I, I've walked in the, the main part of it and just like the main, the, the front part before you actually cross through to the amusement park is yeah, it was a lot smaller in Anaheim. So I can imagine it being like a, a lot smaller, but um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Awesome times. Well, all righty. That was a heck of a phase in. Let's move on to the untapped stat, but we're talking about magic that we played over the past week. And I think I've got one more. I got this week and then next week where I want. Wait. No, what ne- day? When, next, when's pre release? Next, next week? week? Yep, I got to send out the pre release. Yep, right, next stuff. week is pre release. So well, this is my last week of not really contributing for a little bit. At least. But you, but the pre release is until Friday and we record on Thursday. So. Yeah, so this is so one more week. This is my. I have one more week mm-hmm. of not contributing to this segment after this one. Um, I've been doing explore stuff. I've actually been doing some uh, Highlander deck, bu- deck building. You know, I'm still looking for someone to play with me, but I figure if I make two decks and I, I can uh, put enough pressure on Costa and there's downtime during the pre-release, then maybe I can convince him to get a game in. Like if you're if doing, the- if you're doing Highlander deck building, I don't think you have much contribution there, but if you're going to do deck building, Hey, I'm in man. You just got to put the decks together. So, well, boom, we got a bleep in there. Um, well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, so I'm not really doing much. I've just been jamming like Omneth. I've just been like spamming Omneth and Mono Red and um, a very bad Mono Black control deck. But then I like, I forget what card was played against me. But maybe all I said is like, dang, this format is kind of fun. And it'll probably only get better. Uh, and then eventually it turns into Pioneer. <laughs> but uh, what about y'all? What y'all got going on this past week? Magic y. Chris, you got anything? Uh, I mean, I played the Commander Legends. I'm really, I'm really ready for it to be over. I'm, I'm so tired of multiplayer. I'm tired of playing with Rob playing the same blue white Commander Ojitai deck. I, I, I know his name's not Ojitai. It's like O, O. Do you guys remember that? The, the when you cast your scribes and stuff. Yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah, he's just always like eking people out in value, and it's like. I don't know. It's fine. He he won barely against the player that I definitely think should have won at our pod when we were playing at Henry's. Like there was a kid who built a red white deck and it was like beautiful because he built it specifically for knowing that we were going to be playing five player tables. Like, you know, that two mana sorcery that says it either destroys an artifact or makes a treasure for every uh, player in the game. He was playing like two of those and like four of the um it's not melee. Uh the the squadron hawk thingy, the six mana three four that makes a copy attacking each player. Uh, wingmate rock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and not wingmate rock. Wingmate rock. No, that's a rare. No. I'm talking about that's the a mythic common. from Khan. Yeah. You're talking about the one that, he's no no no. It's the it's from Bullish Gate, right? Yeah. Yeah. But so anyways, like he, he and he had the five mana five three commander and it's like whenever he attacks he can exile x cards from the top of his library and they cost x less to play where x is the number of players he attacks so like on turn you know five or six he was attacking with that he would cast it then attack he would attack all the players and then he would exile the top four cards of his library and then he would cast that one treasure spell and then use like all four treasures to cast like all four cards that he played and he did like four turns in a row it was awesome it was like really really strong that's really dirty who who was it that did that it was someone i didn't recognize it was a it was a newer younger player um but Hmm. the the deck was sweet and i definitely think he should have won there was a couple turns where if he had turned his treasures into four ones with gut then he i think he would have been able to kill rob because rob ended the game at like one or two life but uh dude gut you know you know how much i love gut man he's dirty yeah <laughs> but he was managing to use his, his uh mana his treasures every turn so he was a little worried about it but um other than that online i've been playing some of the cube in best of three and you know it's fine i i like the cubes when they come out because i get to test cards that i want to you know play with to see how they would feel in a cube but at the same time it's like there's such a stark difference between cards that are made now and cards are like 
when I'm sitting at work and I'm watching the old pro tours and you're like, you see like a uh, Geralt's messenger and uh kitchen finks and all these cards that just like, just only get like plus one value instead of like value every turn. And you're like, wow, that's good. Clean magic. And then you play on arena and you're like, Oh, this feels atrocious. I can't beat this one card that's generating card value every turn. Yeah. It is pretty interesting to me. Like, <clears throat> so I've been, I've been playing the, arena cube as well and it definitely is different from the last arena cube and of course i'm not smart enough to to really dissect i mean if i sat down and like fully dissected i I guess i could kind of figure it out but it definitely feels a lot different whereas like you know uh like for instance like scholar of the lost trove i don't think is in this cube and you were doing like big flashy things whereas this one's much more aggressive but um yeah i'm using it the same way for uh as i kind of alluded to earlier so originally it was going to be a arena cube and now it has shifted back to a chromatic mystery cube and uh yeah so i'm using it for the same reason like to figure out what cards i want to pull from there and just like how i want it to feel but yeah like the the card advantage that you get you just have like halana and elena partners sitting out there yeah that card kills me so often dude or, or fight rigging just things like that like it's funny because those cards just like not that it used to be good, but it's like it's putting a plus one plus one counter, which like hasn't been the way you've been winning magic. But like those cards in this cube in particular are just like dumb, right? Um, and so yeah, it's uh it is different. Like, so my cube is gonna I'm definitely gonna incorporate like a lot of newer cards, but I am trying to also get some older cards in there and hopefully they will not just be trash. But that's why I'm making it a mystery cube because I you know the power levels are gonna you can have some bombs but you're also going to have cards that synergize really well and i want like mini synergies in it so i'm looking forward to that um yeah arena as far as the arena cube for me i mean i basically have i'm at like three three or four threes is like what i sit at and i got kind of lucky and played bad and got like a six win the other day with just like straight mono white um like farewell i do ellis norn should not be in that cube it is so oppressive like that card is super dumb basically if you get to cast it and your opponent can't deal with it in one turn i just feel like it just runs away with the game um especially if like redain or whatever or what is it the the one that like whenever you attack you make a one one but then it's attacking now as a three three because of elishnorn's dumb um other than adeline yeah adeline thank you thank you and then the other got thing, that one right <laughs> all right we got one name on there and the other thing I did was also while we were in Orlando, we did do one night of Kamigawa's throwback. I won that. Um, but one person who didn't know, like, he didn't play the format, but uh, his deck was insanely cool. Like it had really none of the archetypes. It was a four color, no white uh, deck. And I, I didn't even know how to explain the deck. It was so crazy. It, and it had no uh sagas no saga creatures like it, it was great i'm telling you when i say this deck was impressive I, I think he was just a very good magic player um i ended up winning with like four color no red um so i was using like the sky turtle to and season renewal package um with just like a bunch of like the sagas and stuff like that to like just keep the value train going and then i got end up with three of the um make three samurai scry three um so yeah it, it, i mean it was still difficult playing against him like he had a man i was just very impressed with that so yeah so i did get some magic in even though it was gone uh, of course samson watched me do this rain cube so but i'm ready for this next set but i definitely ready well before we talk about it we gotta give the people an underplayed edh card of the week <laughs> up this week is Costa. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. No, I was what laughing you got for us the sweet Costa? You get so close that it just like your whole voice cut out for like, I don't know, like three seconds. It was crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, card this week. Um, so I added a new section that the guys didn't see already, but I was looking through like the colors we were going through and I was like, all right, I got to make this interesting because it looks like green. We just keep adding green cards. So I want the red card. I went with Carol, uh, so, uh, God, I cannot talk today. Keldon Firebombers. Do either of y'all know this card? Five minutes. You just made that up. Say that again. Five minute three three that everyone sacks lands down to the lowest number. Is that right? Or is uh, it everyone sacks three lands? It's uh, all the way down to three. Okay. Yeah. 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 
So, I know that card. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. I was wondering. I was like, so this card seems really amazing to me because I know destroying lands is kind of like a, a taboo um, and makes people really salty. However, again, you're if you're running this card, you're going to gear it towards it making it it being more advantageous for yourself however the fact that it only destroys down to three is pretty awesome because that means the games still keep going granted sometimes commander games can go pretty long this might just add to that but i really like the the flavor of this where it doesn't just shut everyone out um and yeah i mean it just i mean it's only it's zero percent of decks so out of you know seven hundred thousand decks it's only played in 1400 decks so um it might be a little bit because people don't know about this card, but I definitely think this card should be played a little bit more. Um, again, you know, for the same reasons I just mentioned earlier. So that is my underplayed EDH card this week. I'm trying to look at it and see how many of these green cards were just me picking cards. <laughs> I picked a black card, then a blue card, then a green, then a green, then a green card. Then, then two more green. Yeah, okay, so uh, I I have an unhealthy obsession. It seems, but yeah, that seems cool. Um, it's like a way to get into like MLD without totally destroying lands. However, there's like there's like the like one scenario is like you give everyone keep you let everyone keep three lands, and now they're just gonna use those three lands to hurt you for blowing up the rest of their lands. But um, you know. I was trying to think as a, a way like panharmonicon, but that doesn't work. Um. But I'm, I'm I'm always fun, a fan the of like this style thing. Playing it in um, red white, where you can play the uh, I, there's a two mana white enchantment that says whenever you sack a land, I think you return it to play. Ooh, that's pretty good. Oh, we need to build this old EDH deck or something. I guess one day we need to put all our pool of um, underplayed EDH cards together, and it's like once once we get to like. Uh, how many have we done so far? We're, this is that was the twentieth card. No, that's twenty-first card. So once we get about like I don't know, like forty more, forty, forty-three more, something like that, we make it a deck that's just all our underplayed EDH cards. Oh, excuse me, that card only and we play it. The card is called Sacred Ground, but it only works when your opponent's abilities cause you to sacrifice lands. Boo. Boo the combo. All right. So, yeah, we do that, and we can animate our Jinx Choker and our Birthing Pod with a Cyber Drive Awakener. And also, the what else do we, What else can we do? This deck won't be... Oh, we have Ruination on there, so we have MLD theme. This will be... This will be a... I'll, I'll, I will do this. I will make this deck if... Uh, it sounds like you're going to start needing to... Uh some put up some mana rocks <laughs> that, that'd be changed <laughs> all right but how many of these cards do i actually still own i think i own oh who man tree uh con- congrats tree uh what do you think the odds are we can get them on for the for oh week. shoot it's next week well, next week yep all right for a swan song maybe possibly um we, we need to have a discussion about judging and all that um but uh I just because I saw Master of Cruelties and I was like, oh, tree picked that card. But all right, that's the underplayed EDH card of the week. Let's talk about this week's main topic uh, Dominaria, pre released next week. Official release the week after that. Uh, we're getting more spoilers. Tons of cards have been revealed. And boy, howdy, do we have some dams. We also got some duds. And let's get this out of the way. I just want to get everyone's thoughts on this. The new Karn was revealed, and a lot of people were like, damn, that's a dud. New Karn is four mana for legendary planeswalker Karn with four starring loyalty, plus one, create a tapped power stone token, minus one, put any amount of mana, or pay any amount of mana, look at that many cards from the top of your library, then put one of those cards into your hand, and the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus seven, you get an emblem with tap and untapped artifact you control, this emblem deals one damage to any target. Coast, I want to get your opinion on this card. Yeah, no, it's a dead. I mean, like, it, it should have been one mana less uh, to at least fit something, like, different thematically because we have a four mana Karn. Uh, we have two of them, right? Yeah, two of them already. So, 
no i mean it's it's a dud but i i don't think it's like a dud in the sense that it's unplayable i think it does have a home we'll split this way <laughs> it's a, it might be unplayable and constructed which is what everyone cares about but now that i've been introduced into this new world thanks to chris uh with the cube stuff like it has a home somewhere it's just it's not going to be to everyone's liking but honestly kind of okay with that um not every card needs to be a hit and i think that's been the theme kind of like with the marvel stuff is like everything's always swinging everyone's always swinging for the fences i'm like yeah we can have just some some cards that are just meh i mean so it's fine they also mentioned on the um marrow's article you know his design articles the second one they had so the one for this week that uh the power stones that that it makes used to be sprinkled throughout this whole set and they found it was too powerful with what they were planning for the next set the brothers war so they pulled back on it on all cards except for karn so you know maybe maybe it it springs into life if a whole sort of tron deck emerges with the brothers war if it's like that heavily artifact themed but you know that's pretty good news i actually really like that that's good news then because then that just proves my point like not every card has to be a hit and then we'll get other sets Mm -hmm. where they're actually usable because yeah it's just kind of random to like have a power stone token that doesn't do much unless it has um like help with other like from other cards so yeah that's awesome animate it with a cyber drive awakener um (laughs) i i was it like I think it was like the day before this was revealed. Was it you? I was texting Costa where I was like, my prediction now is this going to be like six or seven mana that's going to uptick to make Karnstrucks. Uh, no, I don't think so. But that does sound like a text you would send out to somebody. <laughs> that does, doesn't it? And I was like, wow, I was very wrong. Um, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if I open one. I'd play it in limited. I don't care. I don't know exactly what it would do in limited, but say I don't know what it would. Do. <laughs> I mean, the problem is like it's a fog. You can't even add it for kicker because oh no, because it's part of a cast anyway. So never mind. There's not many like abilities that I see either that are having colorless. So yeah, it's 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 going to be pretty hard to play limited. That's for sure. <laughs> it soaks five damage. You get to draw a card. Well, I, whatever, how many of your cards you want with the? Oh, I guess you can use the power stones to fuel the second ability so whatever i just saw that the power stones can't be spent to cast non-artifact spells yeah so that's, can, what, that's what yeah. we're talking about the next set should be artifact yeah. okay i just thought it was like because like we have like worn power stone power stone shard um was that the shard, shard the one that was in uh the first. 2018 dominaria yeah yeah um Either way, we got that boy out of the way. Uh, Costa, give us another card to talk about. Yeah, so um, that same day after release, y'all didn't talk about the world spell, right? I did listen to the last episode, by the way, but I also kind of napped it. We sure did. I think it sucks. Okay. Uh, Well, then I'll skip that one. I will just say that uh, Shaver thinks it's her running in Tron, and I'm not, like, opposed to it, but... um, All right, well, then how about Astor? I had the the same discussion with him. I think the double green is like really hard like five green green you're gonna have to put so many resources in tron just to get it to work and then even then it's like if you don't have two things to hit okay think of it this way it's a seven mana eye of ugin but you know it doesn't tutor things so you you have to have everything in your hand already so i will say because i i tron is now the deck that i'm leading to in modern i've been playing it uh, I've played it a few times now at Henry's on Monday. The issue is not the double green pip, although I could see why that would be an issue between the the stars, and then I get to search up lands with uh, Sylvan Scrying or whatever it is, um, and I get the Yavamaya Reborg card or whatever. That's not really the issue so much as like once you have Tron, you're really only at five mana for this card. Um, yeah to your point like you have to have the cards in hand but generally with tron you, you usually have <laughs> you have multiple stuff in your hand of course it could be two of the same cards, which is a problem whatever yeah yeah but yeah i'm not like as high on this card but i probably will mess around with it just for fun um but uh astor bearer of blades uh did y'all talk about this one can't remember I don't it's think a so. four four two red white for legendary human warrior 
when it enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal equipment or vehicle card from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in any random order. Uh, equipment, uh, equipment you control have equip one, and vehicles you control have crew one. I think this card's pretty sweet. Um, I know I heard uh, Seth talk about it for the Hammer Time in Pioneer, which is actually what I'm kind of excited for because we haven't really had a chance to make it like Hammer Time hasn't really shown up in Pioneer yet. Um, and so I can agree that like at the four mana slot, because I don't want Pioneer to turn into modern quite yet. Like I don't want to be killing people like on turn two or three with with it so the fact that this kind of is a slow version of it but still pretty useful and it has like a semi-tutor effect to it is really really nice and it's a really good body it's not like a two three for format it's a four four which is still a nice body so um i think this card is pretty awesome and then of course it just like fits in also with my um well maybe not my roga arden deck but any other like edh deck that runs equipment it's really good there non i think we did talk about it i don't think it was spoiled at that point i can't remember maybe non-card specifically do you guys think there are too many legendary multicolor permanents for this set there's not really considering the deck the set's theme i I would agree with that i think just because of the theme if it had been just a generic one no like yeah but i think yeah the way it's theme is it makes sense to me yeah we'll have to see how the pack coalition turns out but 30 feels like so many Fair enough. Uh, Chris, is there a card that uh, caught your eye that you wanted to discuss? Uh, Well, sure. There's always cards that we can discuss. I mean, I, although the, the, the reason I get excited for cards is not as much constructed. I like uh, Aether Channeler. Uh, move aside, Man of War. This this guy's yep. the sweetness. Three mana, two, one. Enters the battlefield, choose one. Make a one, one bird. Return another target non-land permanent to his owner's hand or draw a card. And I feel like the spacing on the art is perfect that you could have over his shoulder, just like a narwhal, like harpooning a man of war in the background. Oh yeah. That'd be, that's a man. If we were a bit bigger, I bet people would be making all those altars all over the place. I mean, looking at it, it's like, that's like, that is really perfect. Cause it's just that big open space over his left shoulder. Yeah. Well, yeah, all right. What do y'all think about the kind of like the people are like comparing this to Callous Blood Mage from Strixhaven? Yeah, yeah it's basically that's what I thought of, honestly, because it makes a pest draw a card, lose a life, and exile a card from the graveyard, right? I think it's the whole graveyard. Exile the whole graveyard, yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it's just another, yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool, and it's a wizard too, so you know, EDH tribal there and whatever other fun shenanigans. So yeah, I think it's a pretty good comparison to it. I was always a little disappointed with Bloodcaster, though, when I played it in cubes. I mean, the Exile Graveyard is kind of situational, and there are better versions of that now that do it, like, every turn. And you only, when you're usually targeting things, you only need to target specific things. Like, sometimes removing their whole graveyard at once is kind of bad, because it cuts off your ability to do other things with it. Like Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree I agree that this is better. Channeler's better, for sure. I just, like, that was, like, the first card that I thought of when I saw this card. Yeah the token it makes is better mm-hmm. the bouncing a thing is better than all oh, that that's that's just very different like this is like a tempo deck where it's there's like kind of like toolboxy kind of thing with callous blood mage and then you have to draw a card without losing a life well i will i will i will just go ahead and say it's better simply because if in most games you rather have the option to bounce something than exile graveyard so i think just for that mm-hmm. reason alone it's almost going to always be more versatile um and it says return another long line permanent but it doesn't say opponent so it's also really nice for anything that you have etb value so i think this is, is just quote unquote strictly better so fair enough what do y'all think about timeless lotus the five mana legendary artifact that enters the battlefield tapped and taps for wooberg uh, mythic yeah that's a very uh for a mythic mana rock i think this could have been rare oh i think it could have been rare absolutely but it's commander geared uh, every jonesy vic jacob as soon as they saw this card they're like oh we got to have it i was like look I'll, i will say this much watsy has the formula they know well i can't give them that much credit they at least know that they can pander to people who want big flashy things and this is it so but i think it's cool like i'm I, trying I mean, to think do they have 
a rare version of any Mox in a modern car frame. The only Mox I can think of is Mox Tantalite, the one with Suspend, but I think that was Mythic too. That's also Mythic, yeah. Yeah, so I just mm-hmm. don't think they print Oh, rare. Gilded Lotus. Oh, Gilded Lotus. Gilded Lotus, but it's oh. not a Mox, I guess, per yeah, se. Yeah, no, it's got to have Mox mm-hmm. in the name. If it has Mox in the name, it's a Mythic. But this is this doesn't. It's a Lotus. Oh, this does. I mean, Gilded Lotus, Gilded Lotus is a rare, though. I, I feel like this could be a rare, too. Yeah. I don't know. It's also kind of restrictive, right? Because you can only put it in five color decks. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think that's my ACB's tapped. No, I think that's I think that is my my only conundrum here with it is I think it should have been tapped to make five different color like that. Like ETB's tapped, and then you choose the five colors that it makes. Like that was mythic worthy, and then you can play it in any colors. Yeah, I agree. It's like I think it's a cool card. I'm just like I feel like it could it would be downshifted or templated in such a way that more than just five color decks get utility out of it. Did y'all talk about the defiler cycle? Uh, we addressed the blue one, which was the only one that had been revealed at the time. Gotcha. And now we have the other four. Yep. So if you want to talk about them, go for it. Well, I just I put one up here the the defiler vigor. So this is the green version has trample reduces the cost for green that you would pay, and then whenever you cast a green permanent spell, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So like this whole cycle in general, I think is a really cool way of fixing the Frexian, excuse me, the Frexian mana by like the like you need quote unquote your commander defiler out there in order to reduce the cost. So uh, it could be that it's still broken, but as of right now, it's I think it's a really cool fix. Not to mention a five mana like six six trampler is is pretty beast. I think so. I mean, this isn't like twenty fifteen magic, but. Uh, I still think that's going to be pretty good regardless. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm I'm really digging the whole defiler cycle there. Yeah. They all seem like sort of like Titans that can get you extra value. The green one definitely has the highest upside, but I don't know if it'll see play alongside like super Harambe. (laughs) Super Harambe. (laughs) Why don't you tell us about a super Harambe there, Chris? (laughs) Uh, well, the translation is not in English, so let me get to an English version. Okay. Silverback Elder, two green, 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 five, seven. Uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, choose one, destroy target, artifact, or enchantment. Look at the top five cards of your library, put a land from among them onto the battlefield tapped, put the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order, or gain four life. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy high stats. It gets you value every turn. I, I don't know whether that or Defiler will see more play if either of them do, if, you know, that's something that green is going to be in sort of in that range. Like if they're playing these higher end, bigger creatures, I mean, I feel like in standards, they always kind of do. Right. I think they're going to be, uh, I think they're going to be played together and that's me just doing a stretch, but hear me out. You play Defiler, you pay six life and two mana to get this out. And then your next key creature you cast, you gain the four life back. I actually See, don't think it works that way. I think you can only pay one pip. Ah, okay. okay. Mana. Well, that's fair. So it's even more fixed. So either way, still four mana, five, seven, and you get the four mana back. It's still pretty nice either way. Um, yeah, definitely not as busted as what I was just saying. That'd be actually then. I mean, that'd be really good, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. Just so you know, Chris, and, and we're not going to make you do this because we can't even get you to rap, but, you know, we, we when we see the the different language, we have to try to pronounce it. So, you know, if you want to give it a go, you can. <laughs> all right. All right. Let me get back to it. It's uh, Anshao Dorso Pretaro. That's pretty good. I think that's, I think I, I would take that. I don't know if that's Italian or Portuguese. Well, I guess I don't print cards in Portuguese anymore. I'm not familiar with this, uh, the umlauts over the A's, what language that would be. Yeah, actually, I don't know either. That's I, I want to say that's Spanish, but I could be wrong. I think it might be Italian. Dorso sounds Italian. Dorso. Well, especially when you say it that way. <laughs> what you got? What you got in your mind there, Micah? You're looking at something. I just... I, I thought I just straight up changed it to Phyrexian mana. I thought that was the entire point. They got kind of worse in my mind now. They only reduced it by a green pit. I thought it was like... So, I think... I'm not 100% sure. I know they stealth accidentally released the, the release notes, but from what I've seen people say is that, yeah, it's limited to a single pip. Like, you can only do it once, unless you have multiples of them in play. In which case- All right, I'm a, lot, I'm a lot lower on this cycle now. 
Yeah. Like, they're still it's fine, also only, but I'm just they like... They also only trigger off of permanence, right? So, like, the red one, people are mm-hmm. like, oh, you can just, like, cast all of these shocks for free. And it's like, no, that doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. That's true, too. And also, you have to look at it. It's a rare. I think that alone probably also, like, lets us know that it's not... Because those, those would be mythic then. So, no, that's fair. That that would be that would be nuts, honestly. Now that I really well, think about it. <laughs> damn. Well, it's the theme of this podcast, dams and duds. I don't think they're quite duds, but they're not quite the doyams that I thought they were. Um, let's talk about another kind of controversial card. Um, that's Thran Portal. It is a land that's a gate, enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or fewer other lands. So it's kind of like template, like the other fast lands, not like the creature lands from AFR, where it's like if it's your third land, it's still fine. When it ETBs, you choose a basic land type. Thran Portal is the chosen type in addition to its other types. So it taps for the color because that's the in- intrinsic uh, ability of land types. And then mana abilities of Thran Portal cost an additional one life to activate. So it's like bad. Um, what's the mana confluence city of brass kind of thing? Yeah. It's like it's always going to ping you. It only taps for one color. Um, you get to choose the color. But I was like, Coast and I were talking about this whenever it was previewed, and I'm like, maybe mo- it helps your mana for like a multicolored, um, two-color decks, maybe, where you don't want to run the slow lands just because you really want to curve out. I could see this getting in over those, but and, and that's a pr- only in standard, not in other formats. So I don't know where else this is going. It's an interesting card. I just don't think it's quite strong enough. Yeah, I think it's good. I like it, but only for cube. I, I don't think it'll get there and constructed. Uh, I'm glad that they posted also all of the um, common ones that people were talking about. You know, we got the multi-typed dual lands at common, uh, one for each. Uh, very exciting to see those both for limited yeah. and for, you know, cubes. So people don't have to take other ones and then like scratch out the enters tap. Well, scratch out yeah. the or just scratch in the, the type lines on them. That's actually brings me to that. Cause I actually want to talk about those lands. They're like, we're just, I was about to ask you all a question before we started recording, but I was like, no, I'll save it for the podcast. I want to talk about that. So it's like, we got the ten, uh, cycle of 10 ETB tapped dual lands with land types. The called time ones without snow. It's summertime in Dominaria, I guess. But, um, so like, say you open a pack cause domains a thing. And there's actually some pretty cool stuff going on with domain. Is it? I feel like immediately I like people are going to be running like off color versions of these. Like if you're in like a Rakdos deck, you'd run the Sacred Peaks, which is the red white one. Just like just like if you have anything that cares about domain in your deck, you just run these like off color dual duels, just like as an ETB for like your one color, but then it increases your domain. And do these like? basically get picked above like if you open a pack with a pain land and you're just doing it for this draft that these get in over or higher draft pick than those pain lands well i think the um domain colors are focused in teamer um so i think if you're in those colors maybe but i mean there's there are a lot of kicker cards that you can splash with them i think they are very good i i don't know i have to see the format like how fast it is um I think they're very cool and especially in green, you can, you know, fetch them. So I think, I think right now, just with the sample that we have, I think they are higher picks than the pain lands, but I will also agree with Chris that it will totally depend on your, what you're drafting and whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say this much, like I, I can't do pack one, pick one, but if you're telling me like I'm down three packs and my rare is or mythic whatever is a monocolored thing um and then now i'm choosing between a pain land or a dual i mean then i'm gonna go with the pain land but if it's like dual color whatever then i'm gonna choose the other one because at that point you know i'm kind of gearing towards uh, i'm in like that multicolor stage or whatever that's a real it's a real simplistic way of looking at it but it's kind of like what i'll be looking at as i get into it yeah, I know this set's going to set me up for failure because I'm always going to take the pain land because I need that $2. <laughs> I need that $2 value. <laughs> I need the a friggin' allied because they haven't made these in forever, but you already know that. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one more card I wanted to mention just because I saw this and I was like, why is this rare? 
Leyline Binding. Five and a white for an enchantment with flash. It has domain, so it costs one less to cast for each basic land type among lands you control. When the ETBs um, exile target non-land permanent opponent controls until Leyline Binding leaves the battlefield. Uh, so it's like a O-ring that with with flash. Well, I'm like that's cool, but for like a 2022 rare, whenever there's also like another like, is it uncommon or common? There's like a four mana. It's got recently spoiled prayer binding, which is a, a four mana enchantment with flash that does the same thing and gains you two life. Um, so I was just like, I saw that and I was like, is that good enough to be a rare? I think the idea is that once it's when it can be one mana for constructed, it just is a rare. They did the same thing with the Modern Horizons one where it's like it only worked if you enchanted a snow land. But I mean, it the fact that it was a one mana removal spell just, you know, even though you can't play it till turn three, as long as it's one mana, it it has to be a rare. It's too efficient. I guess my opinion on it is that I kind of at first glance, I agree with you, Micah, like I don't think it's a rare um because i know what you're saying chris about like being constructed but since it's not like the rarity doesn't play into constructed like assuming you have access uh, unlimited access to all cards rarity doesn't really matter there um but i think now that we have the dual land spoiled it does make a little more sense because if this was at the uncommon level depending on how frequent those dual lands are going to be and, and how people draft i mean having a one mana you know path to exile whatever you want to call it uh in a limited format in this day and age that'd be that'd be pretty high on the list with like no drawback other than it being an enchantment so um i can see why it would be a rare for that reason um but i still think that it it probably would have been safe at the uncommon in this draft format but again i mean i think looking at the cards and what they're doing here i think they definitely want you to play out your cards like it's not that it's removal light it's that it's I'm just not seeing like an abundance of things of like stopping what you're doing. Like it looks like you want to play all your cards out and because it's going to be difficult, right? Like you have like some cards, like some of the, the uncommon cycle uh, of legends or like double pip in one color and then one pip in the other color. And so like casting, like picking turns where like I have to play that uh, or hold something type of removal up or whatever, it's like really backbreaking to completely remove it. So at least this way, it's like you're not running into that situation where you can't play your cards that you want to play. That's how I see it, though. Yeah, and I wanted to say I agree with you guys on power level. I do think it could probably be. It shouldn't. It didn't have to be rare. But I, I meant from like a design perspective. Like there's no sure, way sure. that when they're making it, they're like, okay, this has to be rare because it because because it can cost one mana. That's just what goes through their head, and I'm sure that's why they do it. No, that's fair. That's fair. Gotta reward those greedy magic players. Um. All right, that's all I got. Y'all have anything else y'all want to talk about before we get down here? Yeah, oh, I, mean, I, I mean, yeah, yeah there's like, lots of cards in here. <laughs> Poor so, Mike, it's like, dang, it's going to be a long show. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, he could just tell us to shut up. We can cut it off. It's It actually hasn't been that long. It's only been total 47 minutes. We're kind of on the low end right now. Um, I'm excited for Shadow Rite Priest. I saw that. Um, it's part of the, the cycle of lord cycle there's a soldier one there's an elf one elf will probably see the most constructed play but the shadow right priest which is for clerics is really cool with um if you're building shadowborn apostle decks it's like a, a different way to use your shadowborn apostles yeah that's uh what was the name of that card sorry it was what shadow right priest it's a two mana two two other clerics you control get plus one plus one it's five tap sacrifice another cleric search your library for a black creature card put it onto the battlefield then shuffle yeah yeah i saw that one that one's pretty nice they have that's like a cycle right of those like there's one that's for i forgot the other creature types oh um, white is soldiers green is elves red is goblins blue is merfolk yeah yeah, that's pretty sweet um i wanted to definitely bring up uh i don't think this was spoiled at y'all's time but maybe it was two-headed hellkite was that spoiled Oh my no. god! Surprised I didn't bring this one up first, but y'all know I mean my love for dragons. We got a five color. <laughs> we literally got a five color dragon that draws two cards. Uh, at flying haste and menace. This card. Oh, this is like an auto slap it in my my dragon EDH deck. Um, along with the blade wing. Uh, even though it's not, I don't think it's as good as the original blade wing. But for seven man, you get a six six flying haste. 
Uh, when it does combat damage to a player for each creature in your graveyard, you create a 2 2 zombie knight. That's pretty sweet. Um, and then the Revaz of the Claw, three mana, three, three with Menace. Add two mana of any combination. Uh, when you tap it, spend this only on dragon creatures. Once during turns, you can play a dragon creature spell from your graveyard. And when you cast a dragon creature spell from your graveyard, uh, it gains when this creature dies, exile it. So just some really cool, more added dragon stuff. Um, we also got Rith uh, Liberated Primeval. So it's a five mana, five, five, flying war two. Other dragons control have war two. And at the beginning of your end step, if, you, if a creature or planeswalker an opponent controlled was dealt X's damage this turn, create a four, four red dragon creature token with flying. Also seems bananas for dragons. Um, so I was really happy to see that they are paying homage. Um, what do you think about the cards? We haven't really talked about limited. I know we're kind of saving it for next week, but dude, I am like mega hype. Like I said, I'm, I'm building this chromatic mystery cube and, uh, dude, all of these like spells with the, with the kicker on them that in different colors, like, I don't know. I just really think that they're really strong and awesome. Um, like, I don't know what, how are you feeling on, on these cards, Chris? Yeah, they're sweet. It, again, it's really hard to tell how fast a format is. Like, I guess the fact that the aggro decks are going to be kind of domain decks makes mm. it so that, like, it will naturally be a little bit slower if people are playing, you know, tap basic lands for two colors. So um, it's good. I, I do think that a lot of the kicker cards on rate are, or I mean, at cost without the kicker are a little, a little underwhelming. You know, a lot of them are like, and some of them are the kickers just gain life and they don't have like meaningful effects. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it shakes out, which ones are actually good versus not. I mean, it's, it's obvious to tell some of the ones that are like kicker, it becomes a, a black green removal spell or kicker, you know, make a clone. Those are great. But then the ones that are more situational, like all the combat tricks, I'm, I'm not sure how good they'll be or, you know, I think they're gonna be pretty strong. Like uh, I was, I was looking at Terra Sunder as like just an example of something where it just like goes zero to one hundred real quick. So one green, so sorry, one in a green, so two mana for an instant. Kicker of one in a black. Exile target artifact or enchantment, and if the spell is kicked, exile target non-land permanent instead. Like just an exile effect in green. Yes, it's green black, but uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. I did mention that one. Yeah, that one is it is clearly good, right? You can see it, there, but there's a big delineation between ones that are like clearly good and the ones that are like that seems like too much, right? Like just looking them side by side, like Phyrexian Missionary, two mana, two three life link, pay two, you get a grave digger effect. That's clearly good. War Warhost Fury Frenzy is like three mana. Your creatures get plus two plus zero. Oh, generally not playable. You add a black in, and then it's like when your creatures die, you draw a card. Like yeah, but. I mean, again, it, it depends on I'm going to have to see the packs because, you know, without seeing them, I can't figure out like, yeah, yeah okay, how much fixing all... can I do? How much three color is like, I mean, if they think that that defenders is like a legitimate strategy, which they put defenders in at uncommon, like every color that specifically have like defender abilities, then it's got to be a slower format because I've I haven't ever seen a format that was fast where like defenders was a viable archetype. Yeah. I think like the last one was, um, uh, rise of the Eldrazi, right? Yeah. And that one was notoriously about playing eight drops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Play eight drops or you shoot your opponent down with the defenders because that lava guy is just, you know, a beast. Um, I guess the other card I had, what, like two more that I actually really want to talk about. Um, Weatherlight completed, so two mana for a 5-5 five, five legendary artifact vehicle flying. As long as the Weatherlight completed has four more uh, Phyresis counters on it, it's a Phyrexian creature in addition to its other types. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a Phyresis counter on the Weatherlight completed. Then draw a card if you have seven or more Phyresis counters on it. If you don't, scry one. Uh, I As far as the, the lore goes, uh, that's kind of crazy to me that they would kill off the weather light, but <clears throat> it makes sense that the first time I think it died. Um, I don't know what to feel as far as it in constructed. I don't think it's going to see much constructed play. I think it's actually pretty good and limited and I will definitely go into my cube. That's kind of where I'm at with this card. Is this the first vehicle without a crew cost? 
As far as I know, it is. Technically, the unlicensed carriage, unlicensed hearse, the one from Crimson Vow, didn't have a crew cost. Okay, but this is tap two untapped <laughs> creatures. Technically. <laughs> it was like crew, whatever, as long as you tap two creatures. I mean, card's neat. It seems really slow for constructed. But it seems like it'd be neat in limited environments. I think in certain, I mean, it's, it's a two drop and it's not hard because it isn't trigger off of, or sorry, it triggers off everything. So that includes tokens, right? And so that part is pretty nice. I, to me, in some way, it reminds me a little bit of um, the egg uh, and thing in the ice is kind of how I see it play out. And That's so cool. like for Pioneer, I think this card is going to be like it i think it's gonna be playable you might see an architect with it modern it's not gonna do anything legacy it's not gonna do anything um and commander this is another card now in commander it doesn't seem as great because it turns into a five five creature which like in commander that's whatever uh but the fact that you like scry and draw card draw cards like that seems pretty good so i, I think it's a pretty neat design um like i said I, i'm i'm hoping it'll it'll kind of play out in pioneer um and the other card was uh, Karn Silex, so three mana for a legendary artifact. When it enters the battlefield tap, players can't pay life to cast spells or to activate abilities that aren't mana abilities, and then X and tap it, exile the Silex, destroy each and all permanent with mana value X or less, activate only as a sorcery. So, again, going back to Karn, of course, Karn Silex here. Um, at three mana, it's pretty it's hard for me to say whether or not I will play this. It'll definitely be in my package of uh Karn tutor effects because it just shuts off um, the uh, fetch lands, which is pretty nice. And it's kind of like a new, um, oh, what is it called? The stupid thing that blows everything up for three mana and you pay four for it to get out there. Um, I think it's pretty Nuts cool. Disc? Uh, no, the other one it's uh, Oblivion, oh, uh, Oblivion stone. Oblivion stone. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I'm interested to see because like the cool thing with Oblivion Stone is you can with when you are troned out, um, you do need one additional mana, but you can play a disc and pop it. Whereas Silex, I believe so. I haven't done that in a while, honestly, uh, but Silex can't do that. So it's like there's like a cost to pay for that. But um, pretty neat card. I like that. Again, they kind of kept it with like it's like an on the nose. Like this is a, a Tron card for sure. Uh, disc under's tapped. A disc under's tapped. But yeah. O stone, O stone. I don't. I think it's untapped. I think. Well, I think you said that would. Oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. Either way, that card is going to be awesome once they actually do the new Phyrexia sets. Probably. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Yep. Um. And then just wanted to bring up that uh, Dragon Whelp is getting a reprint. Super disappointed that the like the art of the guys fine the art of the dragon sucks and i'm really sad because the og art of dragon whelp is in my opinion awesome that's like you know one of the first dragons i had and uh lightning strike is back in standard so um that's pretty good because it's been gone now for has it been gone for almost a year now i think it has been so um, i think over a year so it's good to get this back in standard i'm pretty excited about that um yeah i remember the uh the first time they when when the dragon whelp was first spoiled i remember looking because like the card right next to it was that uh the one three spider that could like block it and kill it and i was just like oh come on <laughs> oh yeah that's all another reprint see the spinner or whatever yeah, yeah. i know just like right next to each other just taunting you uh, for shame for shame but uh yeah that was it for the cards i had chris micah oh. anything else from y'all well for micah sanity i'll cut it short at this last one um I'm not a finance person like Costa, but one thing I think you should watch out for is uh, Haughty Jin, or, I mean, we can always call him Haughty Jin. I was going to call him Naughty Jin because of that shirt that he's wearing, but uh, one blue, blue, star four, flying power equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard. Instants and sorceries cost one less to cast. Um, it's like a hybrid between rune shanter's pike which saw a little bit of play when snapcaster was in standard and tempest gin which saw a ton of play in mono blue so if the color thing doesn't work out and there is just like a mono color aggro deck you know I, look, look out for those hottie gins they're gonna they're gonna get you their bodies 
Yeah. Also that's... with Electromancer and Brawl stapled onto it too. Yeah. yeah. He yeah, does that everything. Pretty, that is pretty nice. Yeah. That is uh, the double blue is the hard part, but um, still, I I can yeah. see this card doing some work for sure. Play it in a deck with March's Swirling Mist, just like, haha! You have no more blockers. My creature's even larger now. Oh, and it's like a free phase out of a creature too, because mm-hmm. it reduces the cost. Yep, there's there's got there's got to be like a legit mono blue tempo deck in standard. Too bad I, I graduated from that format. Now I'm an explorer guy. Um, but um, uh, all last thing I'll say is I don't uh my pet card for limited so far is between electrostatic infantry and phoenix chick. Yeah, that's and I can't decide. A real cutie. Oh, she is, isn't she? Mm-hmm. But all right. Um, anything else, Costa? You have any picks or anything? I do. I have uh, two quick picks this week. So it's been a while. I thought I'd come on the show, have something ready, and I do. So again, we're looking at double masters. The last time I picked uh, cards, I had Oracle, Moldai, and Bloom Tender. Just going back to the well because um, you know it's starting to fill out with all the cards. People are moving on to the next thing, which is Dominar United, which means that we're going to get more supply of things, and this will settle the wool. Um, so with that being said, uh, smothering tithe, uh, at $55 for the borderless foil, um, honestly, it might go down a little bit more, but for personal copies, this is a great time to pick up that card. Uh, really don't need to pull up stats. This card is just a mega staple in whites, uh, it, put it back on the map. So, uh, 55 to $90 a year plus is what we're looking at for smothering tithe. Dockside Distortionist, uh, Borderless Foil also. This one's a little bit higher price. Again, there is always that it could go a little bit cheaper. But again, for personal use, uh, at $90 for this foil, Borderless, I think that's very fair. Um, it'll only go up from here. I am going to be modest here from it going from 90 to 120 with a year plus. But again, uh, you can see those numbers really jump um, because Dockside is just played uh, in every commander deck that can play it. Um other than that, for the rest of the cards, or for the, the rest of the Double Masters, just keep it on it. Like I said, we are moving off of the hype cycle from that. And so um, if you see cards that you like, uh, that are the prices you like, I would start looking to pick them up within the next few months. Um, I'll probably make some more picks off of that as well. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty good time. And just goes to show you again, uh, as we move into Dominaire United, don't buy any don't pre-release or buy sorry don't uh, pre-order any cards um because like 99 percent of the cards i might even go with 100 percent of the cards will actually go down at some point and then uh they'll go up at, at some other point but uh just keep on your eye on the things that you want um booster prices right now are also pretty high too i would you know maybe not buy into the hype as well with that um for the same reason uh, a lot of times booster box prices are up really high and then they usually drop about 10 to 15 percent maybe even 20 percent just depending on uh how good the set is and so uh that's it for my calls this week as always we ask you to support your local lgs uh we will be at the pre-release next week um we will have that sign off again too for this but just let you know if you're interested in doing the pre-release make sure you go and talk to somebody at the store give them a call and put your name down because the cap is 20 um you can check out force world gaming i'm sure they're going to have a pretty big pre-release and alpha strike as well by the way if you need good cards and you need them shipped to you uh with good quality um check out alpha strike gaming they have a great selection and huge inventory but that is it mr micah take us home Yes, that will do it for this, the 84th episode of the MTG on Tap podcast. What did you think about what we talked about this week? What cards do you think are dams? What cards do you think are duds from Dominaria United, the multiverse's preeminent soccer team? Uh, let us know on Twitter, MTG on Tap Pod, or Facebook at MTG on Tap Podcast. If you have any ideas for stuff you'd like us to talk about, shoot an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. If you could please subscribe to the podcast, rate and leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. We'd very much appreciate it. Yes, I have been the Micah. He has been Costa. He has been our resident rapper, Chrissy D. And we have been MTG Untapped. We will talk to you all next week. Tap more cards.